The information contained in this podcast is an expression of opinion and does not constitute investment advice. This is the Gold Money Foundation podcast with Dominic Frisbee, keeping you up to date with expert opinion on precious metals and the markets. Hello, I'm Dominic Frisby and I'm talking now to Brent Cook. Brent is a geologist of many years experience. He writes the go-to newsletter for junior mining stocks, which is called Exploration Insights, which you can find at explorationinsights.com. And uh, Brent, um, I saw you two or three months ago at the PDAC um, in Canada and markets were looking like they've, they've turned back on back up then and now they've they've turned back down again as they seem to do with alarming regularity uh, following the PDAC so let's start by just discussing the macro junior mining markets what, what do you make of them at the moment is this the low or are we headed lower well, I think there's there's two aspects to this market one is the actual mold prices and what it's costing to the major mining companies to produce the uh, mineralization the second is what's happening to the actual stock market in terms of the junior miners and such. And what we've seen develop over the past, oh, I'd say three years, is there had been an incredible amount of financings and uh, basically paper pushed out to a number of, you know, different people that really don't understand the sector. And we're just swamped in paper. We're swamped in paper. There's no liquidity. And I think there's a long time before we work through all that. Yes, uh, uh, there was. It was too excessive in late 2010, and and uh, I mean, it'd be interesting to know how long bear markets in, in Canada typically go on for. But uh, I mean, I think we've got a good year or so. I suspect you're right. I mean, I, up up to PDAC uh, over the past three years, there were something in the order of 260 deals in the mining sector worth over 24 billion dollars, and there are 54 more deals of those that scale pending so that's a heck of a lot of, of you know paper being pushed out there and we've seen what's happened is i think a lot of um institutional investors or new people into the sector bought into uh what i would call over optimistic projections by uh sell side analysts and companies themselves as to what a project you know could be worth or would be worth and we've seen you know, major, major companies go from, call it eight bucks down to 50 cents um, based on what the final feasibility or resource report showed versus what was being pushed by the uh, brokerage community. Do you think one of the problems is that uh, junior mining companies, particularly uh, precious metal mining companies or explorers, were touted as uh, another way of buying gold? And, uh, you know, the gold story is a very compelling story. People don't like governments. They don't like what governments are doing to, to money. Gold's in a bull market. And people see junior mining companies as a, as a way of playing gold when they're not. Uh, that's, you make a good point there. They, they are not really ways of playing gold. What you're playing with a junior mining company, if it's got a mine going, is a, a mine. A mine is a very tough uh, operation and business to be in that every every day you produce an ounce of gold you've got to replace that so you're consistently trying to replace your uh, reserves and resources and that's not something you can go out and just buy off the shelf it takes a lot of work to do that so that's one of the big issues the second issue is that um, with these mining companies there's always problems I mean you're you're not 
producing widgets uh, in a factory. You're actually blowing up rock, uh, crushing it, leaching it, and extracting gold in very difficult environments. So those two things mean that you know, you don't necessarily, and we haven't definitely gotten the leverage we expected with the miners versus uh, the metal prices. That's a problem. Uh, with the mining companies, with the junior mining companies, most of them don't have any gold, copper, whatever. They're looking. So the, the perception that you're going to get um, a lift in a company that doesn't own any gold or doesn't have any gold in the ground because the gold price goes up doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's um, you know what what this is a market that uh, it's beaten up. It needs uh, new money coming into this market. Where's the new money going to come from? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, my view is it's going to be very very slim, and and it's you know, but this is, there's a positive to all this, and I think what I'm seeing happening is that the few good projects you know, high margin deposits that are out there that are being found, developed and proven up, they're getting trashed along with all the other low quality projects. And the few of us that sit back, um, understand the market, understand, more importantly, what it takes to build a mine, uh, there's going to be some fantastic deals out there. So that money is going to come from two sources, uh, you know, the, the experts in this industry, and I think the major mining companies. And that's really what I spend most of my time looking for is companies that um, have an asset that a major mining company will want to buy. Again, going back to my previous statement that every day a mining company produces an ounce of gold or a pound of copper, they need to replace that. So they're always on the lookout for good projects, and those projects are getting cheaper and cheaper. So there's, there's, there's real opportunity coming, I think, over this summer and into the rest of this year if you're very, very selective impatient i um I, i've got two questions for you but i want to start with a comment that came from a mining executive with whom i had dinner the other day he, he manages a a very nice little company that's exploring various projects in africa and uh he actually said as as we uh said goodbye at the end of the night that well he didn't he, he hinted that there was a, almost a conspiracy among the senior gold mining companies not to take out some of the juniors at the moment, uh, in order to beat, you know, in order that prices fall a lot lower. In other words, the, the seniors almost want the bottom to fall out of the junior market um, in order to make their acquisition costs that much better. Do you think there's mm. any truth in that? Well, there might be some. I have a, a hard time envisioning the president of Barrick, Newmont, and Iron Gold sitting there and agreeing not to buy a deposit. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, but but certainly, you know, a lot of these projects have been way overvalued, uh, to be honest. I mean, you're looking at companies that are billion plus market caps, you know, then you got to pay a premium on top of that. Then you've got to build it, which is going to cost you 500 to a couple billion dollars. Those are those are huge chunks of money. And so the purchase price has got to be something that they can afford and see, you know, a decent IRR on. Um, and I think. That's what we're really seeing, and they're they're watching these, and there are projects that are getting out into that level now. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that um, your friend Mickey Fult said in his presentation at PDAC was that typically uh, a company has uh, a shelf life of about six to eight years, and if it doesn't make it in that six to eight years, 
either it doesn't build a mine or it doesn't uh, find something and sell it on, uh, it's going to dilute itself to oblivion. Now, there was a rash of uh, new companies listing in that kind of 2003 to 2006 time frame. And all those companies are, you know, six to eight years later, it's 2012 now. They're, they're coming to the end of, of, of that, you know, eight year shelf life. Do you think that's one of the problems that this sector has? Yes, certainly that's, you know, Mickey makes a good point. Um, share dilution is, is, or shareholder dilution is a real problem for investors in this sector. Uh, you've got companies that have no income, so their only income is through raising raising money from you know, the, the public, if you will. And the, the odds of success in this business, the straight out odds, if you will, if you just take the statistics of it, are in the order of... Let's call it one in, actually it's about one in 10,000 that any individual prospect gold project will turn up uh, 4 million plus ounces, economic ounces. And you can break that down, you call it one, one in a thousand really for any sort of discovery. Those are the straight line odds. So most of these companies are going to fail. Now I think you can, you can cut those odds uh, quite a bit just with intelligent investing and research and a bit of due diligence. Those are the straight line odds. So we know that 95% of the companies that begin to look like they've got a discovery are going to end up right back down at the bottom uh, without a discovery. So, yeah, there is a lot of turnover in this, and it's really key to watch um, not just the project, but where is the company going to get their, you know, the money? How are they going to finance this, this losing proposition of exploration? Um, tough, tough business. One in a thousand, that's a, that's a terrifying number. Um, let's move on to your, your presentation at PDAC now, Brent. And uh, um, you mentioned that one in a thousand figure in your presentation. And you also mentioned uh, Bingham Canyon, the Bingham Canyon mine in Utah, which for those of you don't, that don't know, is, is it's owned by Rio Tinto. And it's the, I think I'm right in saying this, the deepest open pit mine in the world. And since 1906, it's produced something like 17 million tonnes of copper. Well, why don't you discuss the significance of Bingham Canyon mine, as you describe it in your presentation. Yeah, that's a good point. Bingham Canyon was just the open pit part of it, was discovered in the early 1900s. And it's produced in the order of probably closer to 19 million tons of copper right now. Um, and on a global basis, we're consuming about 19 million tons of copper. So Per annum. Per annum, per annum exactly. So my point there was that we've got to replace one Bingham copper mine every year in terms of added resources to stay even. Uh, the same thing is happening in the gold sector. The Carlin trend is produced in the order of 80 million ounces since its discovery in the uh, 1980s. And the Carlin trend is one of the you know, richest belts in the world. It's certainly sitting you know, it's in Nevada. We're producing on a global scale about 83 million ounces of gold a year. So again, we've got to replace one carling trend a year. That is literally impossible, given you know the difficulty in exploration, the, the amount of exploration that's gone on around the world now. I mean, most of the easy deposits sitting at surface have been found and mined. So we're looking deeper, we're looking under in more difficult environments, and we're looking in countries that are tougher to work in than, than say, Utah. Add to that the, the permitting issues and the social issues that are related to mining. If we were to find a Bingham copper deposit 
um, not where it sits now, wouldn't even be mineable, but anywhere in the world, we're looking at in the order of probably seven to 20 years before that actually goes into production. So this is, this is, the, this is the issue we, we face, and that's why the majors need to find and buy high-margin deposits whenever they're, they can find them. So, I mean, this all points to, you know, peak copper and peak gold. Surely that, this, this lack of discoveries makes, um, you know, higher-cost deposits more economic. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't really think we're seeing peak copper and peak gold, that sort of thing. There's certainly plenty of deposits sitting out there, but they're, you know, most of the ones on the shelf are low grade or low margin. And what we've seen happen and has really hurt our market, and this is probably what's frustrated investors in this sector, is that with the price of, um, you know, gold and copper going up, we've seen almost a parallel rise in the cost of production. That's got to do with all our input costs being labor, uh, metals, consumables, all those sorts of things have risen almost in tandem. So our margins haven't increased that much. So you would think, say, a copper deposit that runs 0.5% copper, which 20 years ago was uneconomic at 65 cents a pound, today at $4 a pound should be economic. But the fact is the costs have risen such that it may not be. I see. So let me let me ask you a question. Uh, I, I think most of the listeners to this show, you know, are not new to the junior mining game. Most of them all own some junior mining stocks. So the probability is that, you know, they've had a, an awful last 12 months. They're sitting on some dogs. They regret some of their share purchases that maybe they bought in the exuberance of late 2010. Uh, they might have, you know, some companies that are down 10 or 20% and others that are maybe, you know, they've ridden them all the way down and now they're down, I don't know, 70 or 80%. What, what does somebody who's in that position do? Do they, do they sell everything and start again? Do they sit patiently and wait for an upturn? What would, what would you be, what would your advice be to somebody who's in that situation? I think the most important thing would be to look at the reason why you bought that particular stock. And evaluate the company based on that. Is the company have they succeeded in in you know working out what they what you expected to happen, or have they failed? If they failed, sell it. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I see being made. This is one I've made myself, and so I know it personally. Is when your investment thesis goes from uh, some sort of confidence that this is what we're planning on. These results are going to you know show so much where you expect so many ounces of gold to be defined. When your investment thinks goes from that to one of hope, whereas, well, that failed, but I hope something else comes, you've lost the money. I think this is a good time to get rid of your dogs, take the tax loss, and look to new projects, new companies that are going to be selling a lot cheaper and being sold down with the dogs. So I've, you know, personally, and my letters is about what I'm doing personally with my money. Um, that's that's all it's about. I've been pretty cautious. I'm probably sitting about half cash right now and half in stocks that I, you know, I bought for a reason. I'm waiting for those to pan out. Um, most of them are down, but if the thesis is still valid for why I bought them, for be it an exploration program or a feasibility study I expect to come out, I'm sticking with them. Uh, I don't 
personally try and play the market, but I, I've got, you know, I've got what invested in there, what I can afford to lose. Um, and I've got, you know, a big cash pile waiting to buy uh, deals that I see that are going to be coming down the line. Very good. Well, e excellent stuff, Brent. And uh, thank you very much for that. And, and um, it, you know, it's a real pleasure talking to you. And, you know, as we close, why don't you give out your website? If anyone wants to sign up for your newsletter, give us a bit of information about that. Right, Dominic. Well, I certainly appreciate being on your show. And, and I hope this is useful information on my website, which is explorationinsights.com. There's a lot of free information. There's a little tab for Geo Insights, which talks a lot about you know, the geology and mineralization and things that help people. And there's a few videos. So certainly I would suggest and hope people go to my website and see what I'm trying to do here. Very good. And I will just add this. If any of you happen to be at a mining conference where Brent is speaking, take walk away from the person whose booth you are, you are at and go and see Brent uh, do one of his talks because they're excellent. Um, Brent Cook, thank you very much. Thank you. Subscribe to the Gold Money newsletter at www.goldmoney.com to receive email updates on new articles, videos, and iTunes podcasts from our Gold Research section.